Boho Bride Guide with Jenny Maynard, a podcast, blog and directory that shines a spotlight on the many hidden gems of extraordinary wedding vendors and services from across the southwest of the UK. We will uncover top tips, hints and advice from the experts that specialise in creating your dream boho-inspired wedding day and how to stick to your guns and get the day you really want. Get inspired, be bold and blaze your own trail and make your day unique to you. So hello and uh, welcome to the Boho Bride Guide podcast. Um, here with Jenny Maynard and I'd like to welcome Alice Acton to the show today. Um, we are going to be talking about how to create a relaxed wedding, outdoorsy feel regardless of the uh, forecast. And as we know, living in Britain, um, we are blessed with a mix of um, uninterrupted sunshine, showers, cloud and rain, wind, sleet and whatever <laughs> we can uh, get in on the forecast. We, it's very, it's predictably unpredictable, shall we say. Um, and so that's the topic of conversation we are going to um, go with. Um, but um, Alice is here today from Middlenee Manor, a stunning wedding venue down in the heart of Somerset. Um, and so I'm going to ask... Um, kick off really and ask Alice a little bit about the the venue a little bit about Middleney Manor and um how how she came to be the custodian of the estate so um Alice how um how did you come to be part of the Middleney Manor legacy could you Hi, start Jenny. Us off? Yes. so yeah I mean Midney's been in my family for about 500 years so my family built it and originally it was uh, the hunting retreat for the abbots of Muchelney because Muchelney Abbey is about a mile across the moors. We're based mm. down on the levels. Okay. So back in medieval times, um, the you'd, you'd only be able to get here by boat in the winter okay. and causeway in the, win in wow. the summer. Yeah, so the, the abbots would use this for sort of, yeah, their summer retreat. And then my family, the Trevilians, came up from Cormon in 1400 okay. and became the stewards for the abbots of Muchelney. Wow. So they looked after all their land and their properties. And then being ever the opportunists, the Trevilians, <laughs> uh, when the Reformation happened, we thought, oi, oi, we'll have that. And uh, we built on the site where the uh, their hunting retreat was built by two brothers and completed in 1540. Wow. Okay. So it's been in my family ever since then, which that is pretty is, amazing. It is mind-blowing, mind that is. Yeah. Uh, do you know how many generations since? Oh, since, gosh. Is it tens? Is I it, mean, it must be, you yeah. know. I mean, my maiden name was Celie Trevilian, and they're my direct descendants. So oh. uh, we've got a big book, actually, wait, that you can look at and trace it all the way back. But I couldn't tell you how many generations. No, Let's say 10. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, amazing. Okay. And and so um, so you've been... Because did you live live away for some time? In yeah, so I, I grew up in Scotland, which is where okay. my mum's from. And when I was growing up, my grandparents lived here. Okay. And then when I was about 14, 15, it was my dad's turn to take over Midney. So we moved here then. Right. Um, yeah. And then, you know, 10 years ago, it's my turn to look after Midney. So I, I come down. So I'm the next generation. Fabulous. Fabulous. And so it's your, your home where your family 
family live yeah. and you raise your, your family here. And how, how did it become a business into the wedding industry? Well, you know, we live here as a family. So I'm here with my husband and my three children. It's very much a family home. We live in the whole part of it. It's yeah. uh, it's not a museum and it's not like a National Trust place. It's very much lived in. And I think that's why it has such a nice atmosphere. Definitely. And um, so when my parents moved down here, they decided they would do weddings and okay. nobody did weddings. This is in the, in the late 90s. We were the first wedding venue in the area. There was no others. Uh, so they did really well. And, okay. uh, you know, and then people started copying them, you know, like other wedding venues that are very well known around here. You know, yeah. they thought, oh, that looks like a good idea. And they started doing it. And then my parents, they stopped doing that uh, in the sort of middle of the noughties. And then when we moved back here 10 years ago, uh, I was looking at ways to, you know, make, make, make the house work. And I just suddenly thought, actually, why don't I resurrect that wedding business, but sort of bring it up to date, uh, you know. So that's what I did. And we uh, developed the potting shed because they didn't use that when okay. that was just filled with cement mixers and <laughs> old pots and lawnmowers. And uh, actually, we had a party here for my husband's 40th and we cleared one end oh, and made it into a bar. Yeah. And then we suddenly thought, actually, if we clear this whole area this whole barn this could yeah. be a really cool party space so that's where that idea was born so that was all about I set up about four years ago as a venue right okay and um what is your ethos here at Middleney Manor um regarding weddings well Jenny because we only do 10 weddings a year from the end of May until the middle of September it means that each one is completely unique mm -hmm. uh I am definitely not a wedding factory and you are not on a conveyor belt here not you know because I only do 10 I get to know each couple really well which is lovely and it becomes mm. very personal and there's a relationship that's built there which yeah. you know is quite, can be quite unusual for some venues um I also like to be really uh, flexible because it's not my wedding day <laughs> it's the couples yes so um you know I want them really to have it how they want it and I'm here to hold their hand and guide them and offer my you know expertise and knowledge but give mm -hmm. them free reign to sort of kind of do what they want to do to make it to make it theirs brilliant. yeah brilliant completely bespoke and personalized to the couple that that are spending their special day here yeah absolutely like I said you know no two weddings are the same and yeah. you know it should be a unique experience definitely lovely lovely and what sort of season do you run wedding wise um month from from your months so I do it from usually the second bank holiday weekend in May end yeah. of May uh, right the way through to around the middle of September. Okay. Um, I try not to do any later than that because the evenings are getting cooler mm -hmm. and you know, I could probably go to the end of September, but I sort of say middle of September seems to work quite yeah. well. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's um, useful to know. Yeah. So I sort of spread the, the weddings out over those sort of three months. Really. Okay. Yeah. So, so here at Middleney Manor, who would you say is your perfect wedding client? Well, I would say uh, my perfect wedding couple are the creative couple okay so people that can think outside the box not that they need to but yeah. you know but 
They've got the opportunity. They've got the imagination to sort of see the venue and want to put their stamp on it. Okay. Um, But, yeah, no, I love a creative couple. Yeah, definitely. They've got real vision of what they can... Yeah, and perhaps they could... Perhaps they could set up an area and do something that I hadn't even thought about before. You know, I'm always for that. And, again, that's making it a bespoke day isn't it and something different so yeah yeah, I'm always look you know I always welcome people who've got sort of ideas and try and make those happen so I would say the creative couple yeah I like that I like that and and so uh we're here at Middlemeet Manor talk us through the various areas available for celebrations just so our listeners can get a bit of a visual um image of of what's on offer so you know when Guests arrive, they come through the house, through the hall, and the first area they come out into is the Bowling Green Garden. Okay. Um, and this is absolutely perfect for drinks and canapes. Um, it's a walled garden. Yeah. It's Elizabethan. Okay. Um, and there's roses all on the walls and the flower beds are filled with flowers. So it's always really pretty. Nice stripy lawns. Beautiful. Uh, yeah. Also, it's really sheltered, which is lovely. Mm. So, And it gets the sun all day. So... Perfect. That is perfect for your drinks and canapes. However, if you wanted to have a, a, a garden blessing or a celebrant service, mm-hmm. you could have it in the Bowling Green Garden as well. Perfect. Uh, there's then another garden, which is next door. Mm-hmm. She used to be the vegetable patch when I was a little girl. Yeah. And it's now called the uh, gin area, which sounds quite posh. Very nice. But actually it's gin area because we like drinking gin in there on a hot <laughs> summer's day. It's a real sun trap. Anyway, not very glamorous. Uh, but... Yeah, so what did it used to be? You said it was... It used to be the vegetable garden when I was a little girl, yeah. So what did it used to have in there? Oh, I remember gooseberry bushes and huge towers of runner beans um, and carrots and peas and lots of fruit, actually. My grandmother used to always grow lots of fruit bushes, so blackcurrants, raspberries, that kind of thing. So my mum and dad, it's just too much garden to look after, so they turfed it over. So now it's four squares with a path that runs across them and those are filled with yellow roses in the summer oh, it looks really lovely yeah. yeah so actually that's quite a nice spot for uh, garden games okay. or you could set up a ceremony space in there the beauty of Midney is because the, all the gardens are quite enclosed with hedges or mm-hmm. walls mm-hmm. it's like lots of different rooms it is yeah. so and it's all the couples for the day you know there's nobody else here so can they can really Pick and choose what you want to do in each zone. Absolutely. Yeah. And because of that also, uh, the photographers love coming here because no two sets of photographs are ever the same. So many opportunities. So many opportunities, yeah. Yeah, yeah I haven't mentioned actually, but we ran the um, recent wedding photo shoot here uh, for the Botanical Victoriana uh, look and yes we we definitely give that feedback in that there was so many f- photographic opportunities to get a massive array of different backdrops and feels really even in the different areas you can get different feels for, for the imagery so definitely well that was a really mm. lovely day and yeah a really nice team of people you had working yeah on you yeah. know it, it worked really well and but yeah the venue made it easy work yeah oh well, thank you <laughs> So what, what other areas have you got available for celebration? So, um, so at the end of the garden is uh, the woods, which are called Washam's Woods. They're remember. very magical. Yes. Uh, and you could have the most lovely woodland blessing in there, put down some Persian rugs and have some chairs and hang some paper lanterns or oh, bunting definitely. or 
single stem flowers. I mean, you could do anything in there, but that's really peaceful and magical. Mm. And I love the walk to the woods as well. Down, what do you call that that area? It's like an avenue, it's like a sort of an avenue. You come out the round garden and then there's two paddocks either side and a a long walk down to the, down to the woods. Um, I'm hoping actually to plant wildflowers either side. Um, So I thought that would look really pretty because again, set that area off. Yeah. Also. Brilliant. Okay. And so with your weddings near the, the house, what, what do you put in the round garden? So the round garden uh, is where the marquee goes. Okay. We usually have a traditional pole marquee just because it works with the vibe of the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, because I like to be really flexible, um, brides can have, and brides and couples can have whatever uh structure they like so if they want a teepee we've had a few teepees here that looks fantastic it looks it goes really well you know it's funny definitely yeah it just works um or but if you wanted a frame tent you could have that or a yurt okay um you know so yeah and then that is right next door to the potting shed okay tell us a bit about that then well the potting shed is like like our bar lounge area it's a huge barn in the middle of the garden that really was a potting shed when my aunt was a little girl wow uh, we had seven gardeners here Amazing. so it's you know it's a lot so more that was gla- a workshop almost yeah it was the potting shed yep. so it's where yep. all the plants got potted up and you know all that kind of thing Amazing. and actually on the beams there's still all the flower prize cards you know from the 20s stuck wow. up there yeah so yeah some real history it's just steeped in history and everywhere you go there's there's a story which just is makes it even more magical really yeah oh thanks Mm. you know and what's the potting shed used for then so as i said it's uh um it can be used as a bar lounge so when the music gets going in the evening yeah it's right next door to the marquee so people can drift in there and if they don't want to shout over the music they can get a drink there's lots of mismatched eclectic furniture you know lovely scrub pine tables uh chesterfield sofas persian rugs festoon lights so it's really quirky and it's got a a very cool bar at the end um and but if you want to get married in there Mm -hmm. you can that can all be set up for a ceremony and i can see think i can see about 110 120 people um you know so you can actually get married because we're licensed and then if you do that we clear that away and put the potting shed back together for for the evening brilliant um, mm. Sometimes people put big tables of cheese out for people to nibble on and okay. coffee a bit later on. So, yeah. but it's a really versatile space yeah. and it's really beautiful. I haven't interfered with it uh, at all except put a concrete floor down. It's lovely red brick and blue lias, and you can see all the beams. And yeah, it's beautiful. Stunning, stunning, very rustic. Yes, definitely. So, keeping up with the theme of today's episode, um, really honing in on how weather impacts a wedding day and basically how to mitigate any issues around weather, um, we've got to be um, ready for it in this beautiful British uh, isle we live on. Um, so, Alice, what advice would you give to couples arranging their own sort of marquee or teepee outdoorsy wedding, um, replanning for any sort of plan B options? Um, if it rains basically well as you said you've always got to have a plan b in the uk haven't you (laughs) um so uh, the advice i would give is when you book your tent whether it be a marquee or a tp if it's raining you need Mm -hmm. to ensure there's enough space inside the structure to be able to hold reception drinks so it might be able to seat 80 Mm -hmm. but there's no other space 
you know, to dance or, or, or to have your reception. So uh, if it's raining, you need to have a big enough space where people could have drinks and canapes mm-hmm. without sort of falling over the tables and chairs. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, so and I suppose cons- you go back to your marquee vendor there to sort of just clarify that and make sure that that is an option. Yeah. I mean, yeah. a good marquee company will suggest it, yeah. but it does not harm uh, it's good to have that knowledge in the bank, isn't it? Definitely. So, yeah, it's just definitely something to consider. Okay. Um, a good stash of brollies is always good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. In case the loser, you know, a bit of a way from the marquee, then, mm-hmm. you know, people can grab a brolly and go to the loo. Yeah. You know, sorry, boring, but practical. Yeah, no, and you don't <laughs> want to ruin that hairdo, do you? You do not want it. Not after all that money you've spent on it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And how about sort of the lie of the land? What do people need to consider there when, um, if they've chosen somewhere that they want to put up a tent, a marquee or TP, where, what have they got to think about there? Well, access is key. So you've got to make sure that you're, there's easy access for your caterers to get in and out. They're going to have a lot of, mm-hmm. of equipment. They're going to have um, uh, crockery and glassware mm-hmm. so and food that's all got to be able to get there easily mm-hmm. preferably they can park their van as, as close to as close as possible to it okay um make sure that you have all the power you need mm-hmm. so the catering tent will need power so make sure that the caterers and the marquee companies perhaps talk to each other so they can establish exactly perfect what they need yeah uh, same goes for the band the band will need power so you need to work out what power is required yeah for them and where you're going to put them in the tent okay okay um, and i suppose making sure whoever's supplying that power and um, that the weather doesn't impact where the generator is or where they're they're linking up to i suppose I yes suppose exactly it's, it's basic, yeah, so, but it's things to think about. yeah definitely boring but important yeah 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 okay uh, another good thing to remember is uh if your caterers are gonna have a catering tent and be hiring in equipment for you like ovens always tend to ask for the the gas ovens because if you okay. have a load of electric ovens that's gonna trip the power out in your tent and you'll be eating in the dark that's not ideal <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point thank you very okay. often a, a, a plate warmer is electric but everything else should be gas it's okay. just safer that way okay good mm. good points and and what about um again thinking of if it if it rains what flooring would you recommend have in the in the tp or marquees well um Again, you have the flexibility to have whatever you want. When we have marquees here, they tend to be that coir matting. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you can have carpet. Uh, You can have wood if you want. It's Mm. completely up to you and everything's priced accordingly. So your your marquee company should offer you all different types of flooring and then Mm. you can choose. Okay. also, when you get married, you know, it's nice to, if the weather's terrible and it's really windy and rainy, you know, you can seal up all the sides of your tent and then it can become really quite cosy with yeah. the rain lashing down. It's, you yeah. know, quite nice with all your friends that's in true. the tent. And, that's true. Yeah, so it needn't be the end of the world, it raining. That's Yeah, that's fair. And that's a really important point to note, isn't it? That as long as, you know, if, you, if you've done your planning and you have a plan B, if the weather does turn on you, um, then actually it should be irrelevant, really. Yeah. yeah it's it's your special day and um nothing should have have a dampener on it people, pardon the pun people are there for you aren't they yes not yeah. for the weather yeah that's it <laughs> that's it and it'll be a um a, a smasher of a of a day regardless of um regardless of what the weather does exactly but if we can put in put in a few um 
yeah, pre-plans, then um, you can mitigate that. Exactly that right. Issue. Perfect. Um, the beauty here is if you get married uh, here, yeah. we've got the potting shed. So if it's raining, the potting shed is right next door to the marquee. So if it is raining, you've got an instant room, the potting shed, to have your reception, reception drinks in. Perfect. And then you don't need to cram into the marquee and spoil that wow factor. So oh, we're quite lucky in having yeah. that extra space, to yeah. be honest. So, yeah, so the again, choosing a venue with that flexibility will, again, make your life easier. Definitely. As a couple, choosing, if, if you do need a plan B, if you've got other areas to use, then um, perfect. It's so really the, helpful. Yeah, the pot. So what do people tend to use the potting shed for if the weather is, isn't so good? If the weather isn't so good, it's used as, um, well, it's such a versatile barn. I mean, it is... It's used for every wedding regardless. So it's either used as a bar lounge, mm -hmm. um, as I said, filled with lots of eclectic furniture. It's really quirky. Uh, and it's bang next door to the marquee. So that works really well when the music gets going. It's used as a ceremony space. Mm -hmm. And again, going back to the weather, if it's raining, then, you know, it's huge. You can have 150 people in there yeah. all drinking fizz and eating canapes. It's a reception yeah. space. So Blimmin' marvellous. Yeah, blimmin' marvellous. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, so what other advice would you give to couples um, arranging their own uh, marquee or TP wedding? So I would always, uh, I would really recommend this. I think this is really important is that don't just go online and pick a marquee company. Don't just go online and pick a catering company. Try and find someone that has used them before. Okay. Even better, you've been to a wedding or a party where that marquee or that caterer you know, was present because, you know, I did have a couple here who just decided to get married here, have their ceremony in the potting shed, and then they put a marquee up in their parents' garden for the reception. Yeah. Uh, and I saw them the day before to do the run-through in the potting shed, and they said, the marquee went up yesterday, Alice, and, you know, it was filthy, and because oh, I'd offered them God. my guy, but they wanted yeah. to use a different guy. Okay. Because I know my guy will put up a perfect, beautiful yes. tent very professionally. Yeah. So they had just another layer of stress the day before their wedding mm. of getting the guy who was in charge of the marquee company to come out to remove the panels, to put fresh panels on, you know. So yeah, try and keep the stress. Of... That's a big plus. And again, the 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 food the caterer, try and go with someone who you've heard really great things about. You may have been to a wedding and had that food and always go for a tasting. You know, you're completely allowed to do that, you know, mm. get an idea for what their food tastes like. You know. So yeah, that's my advice is use people word of mouth. Yes. And recommendations. Yeah. Really and we're, we're really lucky these days as well on reviews online. And yeah. There's additional um, backup review information that's available to us and use it yeah, yeah. definitely yeah mm. I would really recommend that okay. I mean when you get married here I give couples you know a, a long list of supplies there's probably about eight caterers on there there's lots of florists there's lots of photographers but I know everybody on that list is top-notch yeah so you've so got they can the have their yeah. own bespoke day but it comes with the recommendation exactly yeah. but you know if they want their own photographer and their friends a photographer go for it but yeah I would yeah. always, you know, recommend going a recommended caterer. That's really brilliant. Important. Okay. Thank you. And so we've talked about um, when the weather is wet. Yeah. Um, is there anything that people need to consider about heat? 
I mean, um, I've, I've um, just had a thought that from a florist point of view, and um, when planning for um, people's big day, if the weather is particularly scorching and um, we're planning on, you know, an 80, 80 degrees plus, um, then from a flower point of view, I always like to ha put them out as, as late as possible. If they're going to be in direct sunlight, um, then they can wilt. And so if there is a cool place within the venue that I can store and then put them out last minute or the morning of, um, then that actually, that does um, inc increase as much as you can the longevity of, of the flowers. But definitely, um, that I mean, from my point of view. Yeah, and actually, actually here again, because it's a really old building, there are lots of spots where you can keep things cool until the last minute. Yeah. Um, again, something to consider if it's going to be really hot, make sure there's areas of shade. Yeah, because true. people, you know, it's lovely standing outside in the sunshine, but you do want to go and sit in some shade at some yeah. point, especially yeah. the, the old generation um, mm. and have lots of soft drinks available, yeah. you know, hydration. if it's really hot, hydration. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, even if there's nowhere that is shady, consider it beforehand and perhaps put a canopy up or, yeah. you know, yeah. just a little gazebo, just somewhere where people can get out of the, the sun if you want yeah. to. But yeah, you'd have to think about that with your flowers. You wouldn't yeah. want them wilting in yeah. the sun. So. And I suppose um, from a teepee or marquee point of view, if, if the flower, if you've got suspended flowers that, are, yeah. you know, heat rises. Um, and so I always recommend, you know, that, that there is a base of foliage greenery um, and then it's dotted with florals rather than all florals, mainly because the limited water um, reserve up there. Um, so, but again, if, if you're considering suspended um, greenery or florals, talk to your florist and actually get their, get their recommendations really. Um, and because from my point of view, I, I love uh, a marquee full of Full of beautifulness, um, but the practicality has just got to be considered, especially if it's if it's heated. Definitely. Um, I mean, with a marquee as well, which, which is quite nice, like a traditional pole marquee, you can, if it's a scorching day, mm. you can take all the sides off. Yeah, that's you a know, good point. and then you get a nice little breeze, hopefully, oh, which beautiful. helps everybody. Yeah, 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 and and it looks get some beautiful photos of that as well. Definitely, yeah, yeah. gorgeous. Okay, so what other advice, Alice, would you have? for um, couples looking to create their bespoke wedding day? So if they're doing their own sort of DIY wedding and they they, they found a caterer that they really like, um, a piece of advice I would really recommend for that is when you get a quote from a caterer, make sure they include everything. They're not just doing the food. You've got to, you want to quote for um, obviously your food, the staff, what needs to be hired in, so the crockery, the cutlery, the glassware, that's really important, mm -hmm. uh, linen, like napkins, um, and try and get a, a, a one-off cost. So let's say all of that will be £55 a head. What you don't want to happen is think that you've got your quotes, but that's just for the food, and mm. you don't realise that everything else is on top of that. So yeah. try and get a quote for everything. And yeah. how about staffing? How does it work with catering staff? Uh, they bring their own staff usually um, and sometimes they will ask for uh, cash to pay the staff with. So they might say, and you need to bring £500 in cash so I can pay the staff at the end of the night. Okay. That's quite standard and okay. not weird or dodgy. It's just 
<laughs> just how some, some people work and that's absolutely fine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I always make sure that I know who the best man is and I'm introduced to them before the day. Usually they'll be here on the day before setting up. Uh, but I like to know who the best man is and who the maid of honour is. So on the day I can liaise with them. Should I need something? Should they need something? And it means that I don't have to bother the bride and yeah. groom with anything. They can just get on with having uh, it's a, really important, a lovely day. Yeah, yeah, they don't want to worry about who's got, I don't know, <laughs> Aunt Muriel's flowers that they want to <laughs> say thank you to, you know. Yeah. And I can, and also as I'm here all the time, I can spot things happening. So that's always really yes. quite good. Yeah, yeah. Get that, get that point of contact early doors. So definitely, the yeah. bride and groom are left alone. Yes, yeah, so the bride and groom are left yeah. alone. They can have a really lovely uninterrupted stress-free day that's the plan perfect (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I mean we're usually quite lucky here with uh with heating wise uh because we run from the end of May to the middle of September but you know at the beginning and at the end of our season it can Mm -hmm. be a bit chilly so okay a good marquee company uh, will always provide a heater. You pay for it, but, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to blow heater. Okay. Sometimes it's worth just putting that on and then taking it off last minute if you think that you're not going to need it. But they're very efficient at heating marquees and they do it quite quickly. They're quite noisy, mm-hmm. um, so they need to come on and off, uh, but they are very efficient. So do consider that if the nights are still, you know, the evenings are still cold. With you, um, yeah. Or if you're having a, an autumn wedding or a spring wedding, yes. you're definitely going to need heating. So yeah. do factor that in when you get a quote. Yeah. And we um, mentioned about the fire pits. There is some um, options uh, in, within TP setups. Yeah, a lot of TP companies will offer you a fire pit, which is great fun for toasting marshmallows. And yeah. it's usually waist, you know, sort of waist height. So you're standing there and doing okay. it. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, they can look really nice. Yeah, it's, but again, especially in the autumnal winter. Definitely. Weddings, that could have a lovely cozy feel with um, all the guests tucked up inside. <laughs> yeah, no, lovely. Yeah, all the sides down in the TP and toasting marshmallows. God, sounds wonderful. Yeah, love it. <laughs> So Alice, what is your ethos here at Middlemean Manor and how, how, does, um, how do you work with your clients? Well, it, I, I think Midney is quite special in that because I own Midney and I live here, I also oversee yeah. everything and I run the day. So there aren't many places yeah. where the owner is, you know, in charge of everything. You know, it's usually a wedding coordinator or, or an employee. Mm-hmm. Here, it's me. And because of that, I've got a vested interest in it just being the best day I can make it for couples. So I think that's pretty unique myself. Definitely. So, um, you know, my last bit of advice really would be enjoy your day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, you know, it's mega. It's your wedding day and you want it as stress free as possible um you know if you've chosen the right venue then you shouldn't really have to worry about anything because it'll be taken care of a big thank you to alice from middleney manor so that was episode five and if you've enjoyed the boho bride guide podcast so far and you want more from us you can subscribe to our podcast or to our online newsletter by popping over to www.thebohobrideguide.com and filling in your details. We will send you links to new wedding blog posts and podcast episodes as they go live, full of useful tips and advice to assist you in your wedding planning journey.
In our next episode, we will be talking to Holly from Cake Design by Holly Miller, and she will be sharing her seven essential pieces of advice when planning your dream wedding cake. Look forward to seeing you there. You've been listening to the Boho Bride Guide. If you'd like to comment on any of the topics discussed in today's episode, please do subscribe to the series. Our fabulous wedding vendor interviewed in today's episode will be featured on our website within the podcast show notes section. So to find their details, hop over to www.thebohobrideguide.com. You can tweet us at the Boho Bride Guide, search Instagram for at the Boho Bride Guide, or find us at facebook.com forward slash the Boho Bride Guide.